morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the Next Chapter podcast here at the Marion Public Library. I am Blaine. And I am Sue. And we're so excited to have you guys back uh, for our second episode. Um, For anybody new, welcome. We really appreciate you having here. If you're not really familiar with our podcast, uh, we like to cover new releases. Sue always talks about a few books, you know, maybe some movies or anything that's kind of coming out new here. Um, so I think she's got three books for us to talk about today. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Um, she's going to talk about some New York Times bestsellers. Um, this is a different style podcast. So again, if you listen to our first one, uh, we had a special guest. Um, so go take a listen if you're not sure who that is. That was a great, great time um, having that person on and um, allowing them, allowing you guys to get more familiar with um, kind of staff and, and people in our library. Um, but I'll cover some building updates, and then I'll go through programming and events. Um, it's really great to listen in and have uh, just an update every two weeks to kind of know what's going on in, in our neck of the woods. Sue's renowned trivia game that she's so great at, <laughs> so great at. We Outside of the podcast, we tease this at work on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, sure. We have a lot of fun. So um, sometimes trivia is library stuff. Today it is, um, and other times it's just random bits and facts around the world. And did I make it nice and hard on Sue so she has no idea what's going on? Correct. Good. Uh, but no special guest today. So after that, we're going to talk about um, some supply chain disruption. All of you know, between um, the world of libraries, the challenges to get materials or whether we're talking about libraries or just general life, getting mm-hmm. products in or anything, the chip shortages and technology, just anything in between uh, COVID has really impacted that. And so Sue wants to talk about that. And then we'll talk a little bit about Hawaii Blaine. You're going to get to know me a little bit better, (laughs) my life, the things that, the things that happen, the the things that people have to endure that get to know me really well. So we'll talk a little bit more about me later. Mm -hmm. It's pretty selfish, isn't it? Yeah, that's okay. It's an interesting story. It is. So, okay, well, let's kick off with some new releases. Uh, You got three for us today. I do. And these are just kind of random uh, books that I grabbed off the shelves. And I like to... I like to um, present books to people that might go under the radar a little bit or um, people might miss because, you know, they're always the big releases and everybody's really interested in those. And I like to talk about those as well, but I also like to find other things for people. So the first one I'm going to talk about is nonfiction and it's called Remote Incorporated. It's by Robert Posen and Alexandra Samuel. And this is how to thrive at work wherever you are. So this is about uh, something that a lot of us are doing, and it's working from home, working remotely. Some people have been doing this for well over a year now and will continue into the new year. And some people are permanently working from home. But this really is about how you can make sure that working from home really works for you. So it's really... uh, giving you pointers on changing your mindset from thinking about working a nine-to-five job to thinking about focusing on your goals and results, uh, your deliverables, as some people call them, and kind of changing the way you think about what you do every day uh, so that it's more achievable for you, it's it's more organized, kind of uh, organizing your tasks in order of, a, of importance, Um, this is really good for folks who have had to transition from working in an office, um, to working remotely 
and are feeling really overwhelmed and struggling with how to be organized uh, at home. Um, there's lots of tips in here, and really some of it will apply to you, and maybe some of it doesn't, but I think everyone will find something in here that will be um, helpful to them. So it's called Remote Incorporated. You know, guys, I talk about on the podcast, um, I love to look at reviews, especially of the books that Sue talks about. Uh, that really helps me in determining whether I want to place a hold, check out a book um, and read it. Um, it's funny because you said the author, one of the authors of this book, his name is Robert. And the person on our review today is Robert. So maybe wow. the guy who wrote the book reviewed himself. Maybe. I'm going to assume no. But this Robert says, this book comes at a very opportune time. Remote working is something that many of us were forced into over the past year due to the COVID pandemic. Some of us thrived as part of distributed teams. Some of us quite possibly failed. And seemingly most of us got by well enough to keep things moving along. Posen and Samuel's book offers lessons for all of us on that spectrum of success. For those who have done well, this book shows ways to finesse remote work and collaboration from both the perspective of a manager and employee. Very interesting. It's funny talking about um, remote work because like you said, some of it is like that March 2020 timeline mm -hmm. is where people really started and companies looked at their organizations and either cuts were happening or they're like, we're not going to pay for the lease or the rent anymore and we're going right. to send all of our employees home. Right. Um, there was a lot of determining factors there. For myself, I think I, I want to say, and not due to COVID whatsoever, obviously, but since April or May of 2019 is really when I started working from home a lot. Mm -hmm. And that was just due to the job um, mm -hmm. that I was doing. I was doing a lot of podcast editing at that point. So for me, when like February, May, March rolled around, I was so accustomed to already that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a huge culture shock to people because how do you delineate your bedroom from your office from right. just even going outside and all of a sudden your whole home becomes your office mm -hmm. and it's like your your mental game is getting all psyched out because you're yes. never leaving and you feel like you have to work all the time yep there's just no separation so when mm -hmm. you get off at a five o'clock shift and you step two four two feet into your bedroom you're mm -hmm. like, <laughs> what's yes. going on here yes. you know it's it's very different um so in my um, from my perspective, having a separate office, if you have that opportunity right. to your bedroom or your kitchen mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, I mean, how many zoom calls did you log in and it's people's living rooms or it's their right. kitchen, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. just one space and that becomes uh, a challenge mentally because you just, it all starts to blend together. And yeah. again, you start to kind of lose your mind. So if you, if you are working from home right now and, and you don't have that separation, find it. You know, mm -hmm. find a way that if you've been struggling through that mentally and you're just like, God, this all just blends together. Maybe you don't even think about it. Maybe it's second mm -hmm. nature. But if you find that um, that second space to work in um, and read a book like this, Remote Inc., I think you're going to find a lot of useful tips on how to successfully work remotely. Uh, now that we know in the in our entire world, mm -hmm. it is successful. And some people thrive working at home and other people really struggle. I think if you're if you're an extrovert, yeah, it's a little tougher to work from home because you're used to being around people and you you build off that energy of being around a group of people. So um, I think there there are tips and tricks in this book that will will help everybody. Mm -hmm. Whether it's whether you read the whole book and you think, oh my gosh, everything in here is going to work for me, or you just pick pieces out. I think there's going to be something helpful in there for everyone. So give it a shot. Awesome, I like it. Okay, so I'm transitioning completely and totally. I've got another nonfiction book here. 
And the title of this book... Uh, I need is, you to sing this one. I'm not going to sing it. Nothing but a good time. Thank you, Blaine. Okay. Um, it's been stuck in our heads now. Yes, Because you look at it and you're like, okay, I have to sing that. So that is the title, Nothing But a Good Time. This is the uncensored history of the 80s hard rock explosion. And this is by Tom Bujor and Richard Beinstock. Hopefully I pronounced their names correctly. But this is, it's a pretty, pretty good sized book. Yeah, that's um, a beefy book there you got. Yeah, it's, it's over 500 pages. But this is, um, it captures the energy and access of the hair metal years. So hair band metal years. And when you open up the book and you look at the, um, the players in this book, You've got Skid Row, Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Winger, Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, just to name a few. This is the story of the 80s and the hair bands and their rise and kind of their fall when, um, like, everybody says Nirvana. When Nirvana came mm-hmm. in, <laughs> yeah. the hair bands went out. Uh, but this is all about the history of how they became so popular um, the role of MTV, mm-hmm. because of course they were all over MTV. Oh yeah. All over. Um, and, uh, just the takes from everyone, not only from members of the band, but producers, roadies, uh, people who were, um, in the tour and helped set things up. There are color photographs in here. Wow. They are colorful. Cause it was the eighties folks. Oh, man, are they? So colorful. we're talking some, we got some neon going on here. <laughs> Yes, we do. Neon, a lot of hair and hairspray. <laughs> this, I, you know, wow. Halloween is coming up in a month or so. Yeah, here, and it's like, oh boy, this we're, would be great. Uh huh. So, a really fun book. Uh, if you are up, oh my gosh, the Nelson twins are in oh, here boy. too. Gunner and Matthew. Yeah, wow, they're rocking the long blonde hair. Um, but this is a really cool book. If you like like the history of music, or if you were uh, if you were growing up in the 80s or if you were like me um, in your teens and 20s in the 80s and this was your music, uh, you will really enjoy reading this. And I and I think you can just kind of pick through it and read bits and pieces. It looks like it's a lot of um, interviews with people. So little chunks that you can read and set it down. Um, but nothing but a good time. Uncensored, uncensored history of the 80s hard rock explosion. Need to pick that up. I think, is that one already checked out to somebody that I know pretty well? Uh, that person already read it. Oh. Yes. Already read it. First on the list. If you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about our IT manager, James Tian. Yes. Uh, if you don't know him, I'm sure nearly every band, hair band, whatever's <laughs> listed in that book, he's probably like, yeah, I've been to that concert, yes, been like to that concert. two or three times. Mm-hmm. I was there at 3 a.m. last week watching that concert. <laughs> this guy is the king of yes. uh, attending concerts. Doesn't matter where in the world it is. He finds his way on stage with mm-hmm. the most popular bands yes. in the world and we're like you work at the Marion public library <laughs> i feel like you got a gig somewhere else that we don't really know about that's he's, right he's some famous person we mm-hmm. don't really know but um so terry from goodreads says great book about the greatest decade a trip down memory lane and the way the book was structured was really nice and easy to read the 80s were an awesome time to be alive 
can't vouch for that because I wasn't alive then. I can, then, and yes, it was. But I listen to 80s music Musically, all the time. Musically, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, I almost feel bad for people who weren't there and didn't get to experience it. It was magical. It really was. Like I said, I, I wasn't there during that time, but I'm fortunate enough. Um, we go boating every summer. It doesn't really matter if it's summer or whatever. I don't know. 80s just it's 80s always me- yes. good. But if you're out on a boat, mm-hmm. you got maybe a nice adult beverage in hand, and it's just a hot day, and you got 80s pumping, man. It's hard to beat. There is really a local is. music station that plays all 80s all the time. Mm-hmm. Every day. Yeah. It's an 80s station. And you, yes, I listen to it. You can't go wrong at all. No. So do you know what was played at my wedding most of the time? 80s music. 80s music. Yep. And why was the dance floor packed? Because it's 80s, 80s music. music. Come on, Head people. Music. Get with it. Yeah. I had a blast. So <laughs> we even play 80s music. I put a Bluetooth speaker on my backpack going down the mountains of Colorado. And I get all these, like, you know, 40, 50-year-old people, and they're nodding their head. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I got good music here. I know I look yeah. like I'm 14, but I enjoy this music, mm-hmm. all right? It is. It's fun music. It's good stuff. Just for clearance, I'm, I'm not 14. I'm actually 26. So okay. just so everybody knows, the library is within the law here. <laughs> I am allowed to That's work right. here. That's right. You can work here. Yeah. And, and I, we had a question earlier. A lot of people are wondering, am I your son? <laughs> no. No, I'm not. <laughs> I do call Sue mom at work just because sometimes, even in a I'm meeting, your work mom. Yeah, she just keeps me like, keeps me on track, keeps yes. me in line. So. I try. Well, I and try. I, some, sometimes you got to keep your mom in line too, so, <laughs> that's, you know. That's true. <laughs> okay, you got one more book for us. I have one more book, and this is completely different than uh, the one I just talked about. So you're going to think I'm crazy talking about a Christmas novel. Oh, man. Right now. But in the book world, September is when Christmas books start coming out. And if you're like me, you love to read Christmas novels uh, at Christmas time. And really, I was just telling somebody this earlier. For me, it stems from... Uh, my previous work life where I worked Christmas retail and it was very stressful and very long hours and how I coped with with that was going home and you're just completely exhausted but I always read every night before I go to bed I can't help it I have to read before I go to bed so I would grab some of the new holiday novels that were uh, where I was at and I would read those and they they always had a happy ending. They were light, uh, no stress, and relaxing. So I started kind of my own tradition of buying books for myself at Christmas. I'm yeah. like, oh, Christmas shop for myself. Mm-hmm. So I always buy books for myself at Christmas or borrow, borrow them from the library. And I read holiday novels at starting usually around Thanksgiving and then through the whole month of December, I'll read them. And then after December, I don't read them any, I don't read them again until the next year, the next holiday. So, but we're getting a whole lot of holiday novels in oh, and yeah. people love to start reading them now. So we have one by a very popular author. Her name is Mary Kay Andrews and she has a big fan base here in Marion. Uh, she is a Southern writer. She writes contemporary women's fiction. It's usually set in the South and it's usually funny um, and this is, she's, I think she's written one other, a couple other, um, holiday books, but this is her latest. It's called the Santa suit. 
and it is about a woman. Her name is Ivy Perkins. She's newly divorced, so she's trying to move past that. And she buys an old farmhouse, sight unseen, and it needs a whole lot of work. And there's a whole lot of stuff left in it. Sounds like every home on the market right now. pretty much. Uh, So there's lots of furniture and lots of junk in the attic and everything. And she's sorting through um, a closet and she finds an old Santa suit. And it's a beautiful Santa suit. And she's just like, who could could this have, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. And in the pocket of the Santa suit, she finds a letter from a little girl asking Santa to bring her father home from a war. Don't know how old this is. Don't know who this little girl is. Uh, So Ivy decides to set off on a mission to discover who this little girl was and what the circumstances were and who owned this Santa suit. So the book is about Ivy and her mission and uh, the town that she lives in and, of course, the magic of Christmas miracles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's... A pretty short little novel. It's probably, it's about 200 pages. My size book. Yes. Uh, it's a little little hardcover. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reading this. Um, this will be a great kind of a kickoff to my holiday readings. Um, she has written Christmas Bliss and Blue Christmas are her two other um, holiday novels besides her other books. So Mary Kay Andrews, The Santa Suit. It is available now. Awesome. Whitney says, The Santa Suit is cute, charming holiday book that I really enjoyed. It was an easy, quick read that I read in one day. The book leaves you with feel-good, happy feelings. I love the Christmas theme and the small-town setting in the book. I enjoyed the characters and the storyline that had a little bit of mystery added to it. You can never go wrong with anything written by Mary Kay Andrews, Mm -hmm. and this book was no exception. This is the perfect read for the upcoming holiday season. Yes. This you know, would this would make a great you know if you're looking for gifts and yeah. and this will kind of touch on my supply chain discussion later. But if you're if you're starting to Christmas shop or holiday shop now, this would be a good book to pick up for your mom, your grandma, or um, friends who like to read holiday books or someone who just wants to read something quick and easy. This would be a perfect book for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know you said September seems early for mm-hmm. Christmas stuff to start coming in. And, and you look at Hobby Lobby, you look at Walmart, you look at yeah. Target, you look at all these yeah. stores, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's already infiltrating their yes. their aisles. But yes. at the same time, what I noticed um, kind of on a COVID trend as well as last year, I know we talked about it a little bit in the mm-hmm. office that a lot of people are like Thanksgiving, then everything can happen, right? Right, right around mm-hmm. that timeline is like, okay, we can start baking cookies, the lights go up on the house, the Christmas tree goes up. Um Man, did I notice stuff early last year, though. End of October, yes. you know, into early November. Mm-hmm. I think I put my lights up at end of October mm-hmm. last year, um, So, which is crazy to have it before Halloween. But it's like, it was nice out. We knew we yes. were going to have a brutal winter here in Iowa. And mm-hmm. it's like, and, and then I think with just COVID, there was people so much. Wanted some, people wanted Christmas lights. Yep. Christmas lights. I read something somewhere once and about what Christmas lights do for people and the mood mm-hmm. and the, the uplifting that um, having lights on and driving around and looking at lights, yeah. what it does for people, it makes them feel so much happier. Yeah. There's a soothing effect to that. Oh for sure. yeah, you definitely. Know, they talk about anytime you can have warm, just mm-hmm. lights like that. There's just any, the more twinkle lights, the better they always say. And it's, yes. yeah. I mean, who doesn't love to drive around neighborhoods and just see 
how people have decorated their homes mm-hmm. and the unique personalities that people bring out in their design. And yeah, uh, it's just, I mean, Christmas is my favorite holiday. I know right. it is for a lot of people. And so um, the Santa suit, if you guys want to give that a read um, or any of these books that Sue's talked about today, head to our website um, at MarianPublicLibrary.org. You can place a hold there or go to the MLN app, which is available on uh, Android and iPhone. Yeah. Three great books. Santa suit sounds fun. You already got me in the holiday spirit now. Now I'm excited. <laughs> now I want like gingerbread cookies. I mean, it is pumpkin stuff right now, isn't it? It's all the pumpkin spice. Oh, and pumpkin and, and maple. maple. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So that's that's great. But I'm ready. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready for Santa. <laughs> we say this when it's like 85 outside. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with our weather too? Can we talk about that real quick? Cool, like 68, 70 degrees, a few mornings, like 45, mm-hmm. 50 degrees. Beautiful out beautiful working out golfing whatever you want to do great right now back to 85 90 degrees yeah this is the what the they call um the second summer that's right (laughs) i did say that the other day the second we're getting our second wind here and Mm -hmm. it's like okay you know that's all right boating season's over just go away that's right that's right time for the fall the leaves are falling they are they're turning yep okay you want to talk about some new york times bestsellers Mm -hmm. you got a list for me and i haven't seen this list so i'm ready to hear it so I thought people would be interested in just knowing what some of the bestsellers are this week through the New York Times. And this is not a comprehensive list because they're, they have quite a few sections. And within each section, there's at least 10 to 12 books. So I just kind of did um, some hardcovers, some new fiction hardcovers, and some new nonfiction that are making the list. So, of course, the first one is Apple's Never Fall Far by Leanne Moriarty, which She's super popular right now. One of her shows is, I think, on Hulu uh, with Nicole Kidman. And Apples Never Fall Far is uh, about siblings that think their father is responsible for causing the disappearance of their mother. So that's the latest. I know that I know people have been really anxiously awaiting this book. Mm. Um, Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. A family man who sells furniture gets a new clientele made up of vicious and unsavory characters. So that does not sound... (laughs) Sounds interesting. (laughs) It sounds interesting. And Colson Whitehead has has won two Pulitzer Prizes lately for for his last two novels. So he is uh, a really a gifted writer. So Harlem Shuffle's his latest. And this is going to sound a little confusing, but um, Vince Flynn's Enemy at the Gates by Kyle Mills. Uh, this is a Mitch Rapp novel, which are, um, it's a series that Vince Flynn wrote. Um, but Mitch Rapp is trying to uncover a traitor in the government, and uh, he is having a hard time because the uh, president, Anthony Cook, he's an autocratic president, and he distrusts Mitch. So Mitch is kind of working against the president on this one. So th- this is titled a little strange because Vince Flynn um, passed away a number of years ago mm. from cancer and very young guy. He was in his forties and uh, people are still, still loving his Mitch rap novels. So other people are writing the books based on Vince Flynn's previous novels. So that's why it's called that. And then we have beautiful world. Where are you by Sally Rooney It is about a novelist, a warehouse worker, an editorial assistant, and a political advisor dealing with change. 
So those are some of the hardcover fiction books that are on the New York Times bestseller list. And then we have some nonfiction. Uh, one that I think probably a lot of people have been waiting for is called Fuzz by Mary Roach. Hmm. Uh, this is an exploration of disciplinary actions and preventative measures occurring at the intersection of human behavior and wildlife biology. Wow. So basically what that means is it's all these stories about uh, how humanity has kind of messed things up for animals. <laughs> I think that's a true statement. And how animals statement. are trying to uh, cope with that. Mm-hmm. Um a friend of mine was just talking about this the other night. He absolutely loves Mary Roach and, and bought it the first day it was out and read it. And he was giving us some of the stories about uh, some of the, some of, quite honestly, some of the dumb things we've done um, with nature. And uh, it was interesting because nature always wins out. Oh, yeah. Nature, nature always finds a way to kind of correct itself. So if you like Mary Roach... You know, she always picks a subject and really uh, writes incredibly interesting um, books about it. Uh, usually she's got some good humor in them. Uh, she's very readable. So Fuzz by Mary Roach. Uh, what Happened to You by Dr. by Bruce D. Perry and Oprah Winfrey. This is about um, dealing with trauma and it's... Uh, shifting an essential question used to navigate it. So this is especially appealing for a lot of people who have been dealing with the trauma of of COVID and um, the the whole pandemic and um, just the way the world has changed in the last few years. Mm -hmm. So what happened to you? It's called Travels with George by Nathaniel Philbrick. This book we have this book, and I, I love the cover because the cover is George Washington looking in a rearview mirror of a car. <laughs> it looks really cool. But in 2018, uh, Nathaniel Philbrick, the author, retraced the journey George Washington took through all 13 former colonies in 1789. So for a history nerd like me, this book looks really fascinating, and I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to read. So Travels with George. I think I know somebody who lives under the same roof as me who would love that mm-hmm. type of book. Yeah. And then Beautiful Country by, and I know I'm, I'm not going to say this woman's first name right, so I'm just going to spell it. It's Q-I-A-N, Julie Wang. And it is a memoir. And it, she is a seven-year-old girl in this memoir. And her and her parents encounter difficulties in New York City when they leave China in the 1990s and come to the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's some nonfiction bestsellers on the New York Times this week. Very cool. Now, do you know this? Are out of everything there, are people are those all available through our library? Do you know? I believe they are. Yes. I feel like I mean mm-hmm. I feel like there's not too many books where you're like, nope, that's not. You know, we got a pretty vast collection. So. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah we've we've got all of these books. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want any of those books, um, if you can't remember one, just you know, go back a little bit, listen, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, place a hold. Um, yeah. I know I've said this before, um, but again, any book we talk about, especially in those new releases, those three we talked about, um, when Sue does talk about these, they seem to um, go on hold really quick and the queue fills up. So make sure you head to our website or head to that MLN app and place your hold today. Yes. Um, we talked about building updates on our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have too much newer information right, about right. the building. Um, 
I think when we last talked, I was, you know, the outdoor masonry, um, so your mm-hmm. brick, that is completed, um, but they're still waiting on some steel um, to finish the exterior. Um, there was a few pockets, um, I think, that I saw even coming over today, and they were putting windows in. Um, I feel like there's a few they've had to remove and then put back in just to get certain supplies in, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, we don't work over in this area specifically right, to see so everything that's going on. we don't see it every on. day. Yeah, but for the most part, the exterior is finished. Mm-hmm. Again, I know I mentioned last time, if you see that orange um, foam on the outside, that's just the insulation, and that's where that black steel is going to overlay. So don't think that that's the finished look on the outside of the building. Um, but w- the parking lot and sidewalks have been poured now. Those have all mm-hmm. set, um, and I believe um, construction company is using those now to their liking. Um, but second and first floor, those are coming along pretty well. Um, I've did I've done some virtual tours. Um, I know I mentioned that last time as well. That if you guys want to head to our YouTube channel and check out a virtual tour of the new library building, please do so. Again, that was, gosh, that's probably almost six weeks now. I I filmed that. And ago. you're gonna update that every once in a while, right? I think so. Yeah, we were talking with um uh, Bill, our library director, and I think he's wanting that updated um, on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's challenging because you film it and then, geez, two, three weeks later, it's already way outdated. I mean, they're right. moving super fast over there, which is great, mm-hmm. but it's challenging to keep updated. Um, and I know I want to start a little trivia segment on our social media where you guys can start to guess. I'll take a picture of a, a space mm-hmm. at the new library and you guys get to guess where it's at. And maybe we'll turn it into a little prize winning if you get the most right at the end or we'll figure something like that out. But okay. there's a virtual tour of the new building. There's also one of the old building. Um, if you kind of want to walk down memory lane, um, if you want to view the live stream from Bush construction, you can still do that. That's available on our website. If you head to maryandpubliclibrary.org and go to our facilities tab, that'll give you a direct link to the webcam. Um, and then our opening date, we get that question a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and we're looking at, you know, we've been giving months here and there, but mm-hmm. I think we're more just, we're targeting spring 2022, right? You know, it's, it's challenging because as we've talked about earlier and as we'll talk about later in this podcast, um, is supply chain issue, issues, right. uh, shortages on everything. And <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's not only, you know, it's in every Everything. single organization business, um, that you look at a genre of work, it is mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, so we're, we're, we're excited to open in the spring. Um, and once we know more, you will too. Yeah. Just keep listening and follow us on social media. And I'm sure you're going to find out um, super soon where we're at. So that's really our building updates. There's not much more there. No. Okay. Uh, as far as programming and events goes uh, for the next two weeks. So we've got our regular programming. I like to just give this a shout out um, every single time, but Um, There's five events that happen every single week on a regular basis, always at the same time, always on the same day. Um, So on Wednesdays, uh, we have toddler time that starts at 930 in the morning. Preschool story time is at 1030 in the morning on Wednesday. And on Thursdays, we have music and movement that starts at 930 a.m. And baby time starts at 1030 a.m. Jerry Fit and Tai Chi, those are on Mondays at 930 and Jerry Fit and Tai Chi rotate every other Monday. So um, if you go to our website, go to our events calendar, that is all listed there. Um, gives a great description of what it is. And um, all five events that I just listed are all out at Lau Park. The chocolate walk is actually tonight, mm-hmm. um, if you're listening. And it's from 8 to 1030. 
Um, so October 1st, it's happening tonight. So if yeah. you're listening right now and it's six o'clock, you better get your <laughs> butt in gear. Um, Be ready for the chocolate walk. Exactly. It's a great thing that Uptown puts on every single year. Mm-hmm. And um, so lots of Uptown businesses are participating, including the library this Correct. year, um, because we are located at 1064 7th Avenue. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we're going to have easels um, of library renderings of the new library, yes. um, a slideshow of all the interior renderings. Mm-hmm. So that's something new that not a lot of patrons or um, community members have seen right. it all. So that's an incredible opportunity to step into our library mm-hmm. um, and you can access that off the front sidewalk um, mm-hmm. of 7th Avenue. I know all that. Um, Construction's all the, going on. Yeah, all mm-hmm. the construction's there and, and the fencing is up, but you are still able to access the front. Yes. And that would be really cool. I think even some of your children may enjoy mm-hmm being able to see what the inside of their new library is going to look like. And once, when you're in the library, maybe you'll get some chocolate candy. Mm, Maybe. And you can check out books, check out movies, check out playaways, all that. Yeah. While you're there, pick up your holds. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be open some special hours on Friday night. Yes, we will. Um, There'll be freebies. Um, We'll have like stickers. So Mm -hmm. if you, if your kids or yourself, you don't have a new library card, you can (laughs) stop in and get one of those. Yeah. Um, and we got magnets that you can throw on your fridge that tell you that you can write in when your holds are due. So lots of good stuff. Um, right. come out again, if you're listening, it's tonight, it's happening mm-hmm. eight to 10 30. So, um, we'd love to see you guys there. The book sale is happening, um, this Saturday at the six, six Ave library lobby. So our old library building that was destroyed in that lobby there. Um, they've got a book sale. Lobby's so still standing. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go support the friends uh, of the Marion Public Library. They've got a lot of great options to mm-hmm. choose from. And I think it's cheaper than you'll ever find any books. Right. So go support them. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I got for you guys is there's a Halloween party uh, coming up on October 12th at Lau Park. And that's from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. They're going to have snacks, games, and crafts. And this event is open to all middle school and high school students. And advanced registration is encouraged. So a great event for teens. And people can find all that on our website. Yep. Yep. Under events. Under our events page. Mm-hmm. So, and if you need to <coughs> register for that Hallow Teen um, Party, um, that would be through Eventbrite. But again, there's a link through our website. Um, and every single event has an address and a map location of where it's at. I feel like 90% of our events are at Lau Park, but yes. <laughs> for people who don't know where that's at. We are thankful for Lau Park. Is it Lau or is it Low? It's Lau. Okay. I say Lau. I hear mm-hmm. people say Low. I think when I first moved to Marion, I said Low. Yeah, it's Lau. That's pretty low of me. <laughs> <laughs> I need oh, the I didn't boy. button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that is our programming. Um, I, you know, I wasn't going to talk about the uh, book clubs. Um, so if you guys are interested just head to our last episode um, and and you can go to that segment. It talks mm-hmm. about an in-person and virtual book club. Right. Um, we'll cover that probably once a month or so. Yeah. Um, and um, if you guys are looking to join that, there is more information on our website mm-hmm. as well. Yes. That covers our, our main stuff. It is that mm-hmm. time of the show, people. You know, that's just me being an inexperienced podcaster right now. I hit the wrong <laughs> sound bite, guys. You know what? I'm supposed to get super excited about this, and I just screwed it up, but it's that time of the show. (laughs) It's our trivia game with Sue. It's all about how many can she get wrong today. 
you know, <laughs> so last episode, um, we had the trivia game. It was your first one mm-hmm. on air. Yes. And we'll just say it went okay. If you haven't <laughs> listened, go listen. And maybe, you know, the challenge here is you all are going to learn something new today. That's right. That's, that's yeah. the hope. Um, and if you know all the answers, then, you know, more power to you. Mm-hmm. So, and when you see Sue in person, you can say, I knew that. I'm in fifth grade, yeah. Sue. I knew that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm teasing. I don't really even remember fifth grade anymore. It was <laughs> a long time ago. Just a couple years ago. Yeah. You just turned like ago. 32 the other day. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. If you guys are new to the podcast as well and new to this trivia segment, if Sue gets the answer wrong, this is the noise you're going to hear. And if she gets it right, fairy dust. Beautiful. Now, remember what that sound is like, because you might not hear it the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. Thanks, Blaine, for your for your confidence in I've, me. So I've got three questions here, or okay. a total of four. Mm-hmm. Three are regular questions that you have to just kind of guess and answer, and okay. one is multiple choice. Okay. So you tell me, do you want the multiple choice first or last? Last. Last. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how it is on my paper, so that's okay. what we're going to do. So the first question is, which European country... Has a library of smells. <laughs> I am absolutely going to murder this name. But it's the Osmothke is a library of smells here. Founded in 1990, this library is a repository for perfumes and contains over 3,200 scents, some 400 of which are no longer made. The collection is an archive of perfume-making history, and many fragrance houses and perfumers have kindly donated samples of perfumes, both current and historical, in order to safeguard their formulas. So I gave you a hint. I didn't say which country. I said which European country. I'm going to say France. Guys, she did it. One of one. Because France is all about the perfume. Oh, yeah. Yep. They got the smells over there. Mm-hmm. And... To this recollection, the good smells. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Sue got Sue got one right. We like it. That's good. Give her a little applause. Good job, Sue. (laughs) Good job. Alrighty. Um, Second question: How many years was the most? This one's challenging. How many years was the most overdue book in the history of libraries? I feel like if you're an absolute like library connoisseur and like you. So history of libraries, libraries have been around for centuries. Well, this is what the internet said, Sue. And if we know anything about the internet, nothing is true. <laughs> so my answer may be Verify. wrong. Um, uh, hmm. But when you go to facts online about libraries, this mm-hmm. is a very common one. So so this is not necessarily an American library. Non- no, this is <clears throat> actually, and I can give you a little bit of background here. Um, I just got to make sure I don't tell you the Mm -hmm. answer. In 2011, Camden School of Arts Lending Library in Australia had a first edition of Charles Darwin's Insectivorous Plants Returned to Them. The book had been checked out in 1889, there I'm giving you hints, and had lain among the book collection of retired veterinarian before the library stamp was noticed and the book returned some how many years late? So it was checked out in 1889? 1889. So how many years? Uh, if you get within 20 years, I'll give you I'll give you a win. No, 10 years. That 20 is too much. 10 years. 
I'm going to say, think about it. This person checked out a book mm-hmm. and they didn't return it mm-hmm. for how many years? I'm going to say 125 years. Ooh, Sue is really close. 122. Oh, isn't that crazy? Because you kind of set me up. You said they checked it out in 1889, and then this story's from 2011. God, you just had to do math, <laughs> didn't you? I, I, was like, <laughs> I was trying to do math, but it wasn't that great. I'm like, no, the 80s were a long time ago. You got like that TikTok video of the blonde lady with like with math the, in front yes. of her and everything going like the equations. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was Sue just for the last minute here. Well, I basically gave you guys the answer, but 122 years was the most overdue book. Absolutely crazy. So it helped that you said what the book was because it was Charles Darwin and when it was published because I was going to say before you gave me that information, 250 years, but that when I knew it was Darwin, I'm like, okay, no, it's not that long ago. Okay. I'm really excited for question number three because it's not that it's, it's not that it's challenging, but it's just super unique and almost hysterical in the way that it works. Okay. Um, or worked out to be, which book holds the record for the most stolen from public libraries? Which book holds the record for the most stolen from public libraries? And there are no facts to go with this. I'll play my Jeopardy music. Well, I'm going to say the Bible. Okay, so think about, think about, I, I tried to like enunciate it a little bit more, and that's why I said it twice, but which... Which book holds, let's just ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Which book holds records? Oh, Guinness Book of World Records? Is the most stolen book. You're kidding. So the Guinness World Records book. Mm-hmm. Which holds, comes out every year. Holds a Guinness World Record for being the, <laughs> for most, being the most stolen, stolen book in a public library. Really? Yeah, I find that incredibly. And you'd think it's like Almanac or like... Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I do wow. find that interesting. I could, I could uh, see the Bible. Hmm. I could see where you're going yeah. with that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Guinness World uh, Book of Records. Pretty crazy. Okay. Interesting. Okay. You're two of three. Yeah. You could be 75% today. You just got to okay. get this last one right. Interesting one. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this one, but I'm kind of excited to hear your answer. Which genre is the most popular in prison libraries? One, paranormal romance. Two, Young Adult Titles. Three, Left Behind series. You want me to say them again? No. Okay, you're thinking. I'm going to say Paranormal Romance. No! What? She's confused by that one. (laughs) Paranormal Romance is one of them. All three are the most common. So it's kind of a trick question. All the above. Those are the most popular genres in prison libraries. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. We're going to give you like, you know, it would have been 75, but we'll say like 66, 62%. It's okay. passing. It yeah. gets you by. Well, well, that's not good enough for me. <laughs> you know, some sometimes, some episodes, Sue's going to be 100%. And we're all just going to. Someday. All going to be really excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. May, might never happen, but it'll happen. It'll happen. It will someday. Someday. Yes. I just, uh, apparently my questions are just too dang hard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played Trivial Pursuit. That's right. I'll just say well, I was never really good with getting pieces of the pie. Oh, I'm terrible. <laughs> you put me in any <laughs> trivia game or anything that's got to like move the pieces and you got to mm-hmm. answer this super quick. Yeah. I'll go make the pizza. I'll make drinks for you guys. I'm out. Yeah. I ain't good at that. 
Okay, you okay, wanted to talk next? a little bit about supply chain disruption. So I'm going to pass this okay. segment to you. So just real quickly, I wanted to talk about what what is a supply chain disruption? Because we, we're starting to hear that a lot in the news, in the media, um, especially as we're getting towards the end of the year and holidays are ramping up. And, and um, you know, if you go, I mean, I've been to some of the chain stores around town just to pick up stuff Mm -hmm. you know stuff that they always have and if you go if you go to these stores you notice that there are shelves that are empty lots of stuff missing and it's not because they've had a run on it it's because they can't get it in and these are called supply chain disruptions so it's not that they don't have it on order and it's not that it's available it's that um the supply chain, which has many parts to it, mm-hmm. um, because of COVID, um, we are having difficulty getting enough people to uh, work, factories, warehouses, just making basic supplies in order to put the stuff in these things to ship them. We're, yeah. you know, truck truck drivers that's another thing that oh, yeah. um i was just listening to a radio show this morning and they were talking about how they had gone to not their usual liquor store which they laughed about that or like what is wrong with me that i have a i have a liquor, liquor store. store so they yeah. went to a different liquor store and they walked in and there were sh- bare shelves everywhere wow. and they're like what is going on and they had signs everywhere saying it was a chain chain supply disruption and uh, the person who was working there said, you know, there aren't bottles. It's not that there's no liquor. Right. It's that there's no bottles to put it in. Liquor's always and, there. That stuff's sitting in barrels. Yeah. And you know? there's no no boxes to put the bottles in. And there's no trucks to ship them anywhere. So, so this also applies to um, the book world and movies. Um so really, uh, we've already been uh, in discussion with one of our vendors who we get most of our books from who, who has, you know, let us know, hey, heads up, there may be things that are going to be delayed. Um, they're working really diligently with a lot of the publishers and the publishers are working very diligently with um, printers to try and make sure that they are able to produce all these materials that yep. people are waiting for. There, um, some some books are being pushed back for publication dates. Um, a lot of this has to do with um, overseas printing, and then getting the books here. They're sitting they're sitting on ships uh, that they can't get in. Uh, so, you know, just know that we we're working really hard to make sure that we are getting in materials for patrons yeah. that they're waiting for. But there may be. Uh, some issues with with getting books and materials in, uh, and it's just it's just something that is going to get worse before it gets better. Um, they they are talking. People in the book industry are saying last year was bad, but this year will probably be worse. Yeah. So, but I it, think I think people recognize this, and if you don't, you have to, guys. Mm-hmm. It is completely out of our control, right? And out of anybody's control, no mm-hmm. matter what business you're in, there is. Nothing you can mm-hmm. do to make this situation better. The right. only thing you know we can do is just you know hope that this illness goes away mm-hmm. and that things start to is is things ever people can are, return to work. Right. It's never going to be normal per se again. There's right. a new normal, right. but 
Um, this is an ongoing challenge mm-hmm. that we've had, again, mm-hmm. since nearly March of last year, and it continues mm-hmm. to show as an issue. So, Yeah, so it's really, it's really about um, making sure that we order things as early as possible and ordering quantities that we think we're going to need. Yep. Um, and because there may not be reorders. So when a book is printed, it has a print run of so many tens of thousands, depending on the book and the author and the contract and all of that stuff. And then they'll go back for second, third, fourth, fifth printings if it's a really popular book. Well, there may only be one printing for a, a while because they can't get the book again. So those are the kind of things we're talking about. So we're, we're working hard at the library to make sure that that does not happen to us. Yeah. But um, I have noticed a little bit already some of the things that I've been ordering are coming in a little bit later yep. than um, they used to. Uh, but we're getting stuff out as quickly as we can. So, yeah. yeah. I think we're also used to that, like, instant gratification. You know, myself. Oh, yes. I got Amazon Prime. I think a lot of listeners, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you're expected a one- to two-day delivery, and all of a sudden it's three, four, five days. Right. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a notification today, a crate and barrel order mm-hmm. that I placed back in like very beginning of August, mm-hmm. right after my wedding, still not here, mm-hmm. expected in like the next two weeks. And it's like, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking like pots and pans, yeah. nothing insane, but it's like, it's these common household mm-hmm. items. It's all these things that are so just second thought, second right. nature to us that it's like, like you said, glass bottles for liquor mm-hmm. or for anything. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just crazy. I you know, th- I think, I think it's an opportunity for us to kind of revisit what it was like when you had to wait for stuff a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, that yep. waiting for things is not a bad thing. It's not. That sometimes it makes, when you do get that, whatever you're waiting for, makes it even better. Um, I remember, gosh, when you used to have to order books um, just for me, just for myself, and, uh, you know, it would be weeks before, before they'd come in. Yeah. And the anticipation was part of the fun. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, of course, hopefully this chain supply disruption or supply chain disruption is not, you know, for crucial things that we desperately need. Right. But it's really, uh, right now it's more of an inconvenience for us for some things that we're just used to being able to get yep. easily enough. Yep. So yep. anyway. It's always challenging us, which is, it's not a bad thing. You know, right. it's, we can't right. be can't be frustrated at it. We just got to learn to adapt and take it day by day. Yeah. Exactly. It's been our quota since I started at least day by day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's how we roll. So. So. Lots of people have been asking uh, Blaine. So Blaine just got married at the end of July. I did. And went on a honeymoon to Hawaii. And um, was there for about five days. Well, no, eight Uh, eight days. Well, but you were there for how long before? (laughs) People are like, what before what? Yes. So Blaine wants to talk about Hawaii Blaine because he had a has a really interesting story about what happened to him in Hawaii. And um, since he's been back, lots of people have been asking and he's been telling his story over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, we thought we would share what his story is about Hawaii Blaine and his honeymoon. So 
It's funny because I, I told people, I think I was talking to Jeannie Matthews at Uptown Snug or somebody, and I just said, I'm going to make a stinking T-shirt that has it on the front <laughs> yes. and the back because, you know, Hand I got a card. We talk about this right now, but it's mm-hmm. also like we had a meeting here at City Hall earlier mm-hmm. today and ran into our HR director here at the city. Mm-hmm. She's like, how, hey, how was everything? And, you're and, like, and I was what? like, and I'm thinking like, is she talking about the meeting? Oh, she's talking about the wedding and like the honeymoon mm-hmm. and and I realized I had told Lucas, who's also a part of our HR team here, and I was like, I told him, I was like, maybe he told Kirsten. <laughs> I'm not really sure. And she had no idea. And so mm-hmm. I started telling her, and we had to get going, so I didn't right. have much time to explain. But she's just like, oh, my God, and blah, blah, blah. So you guys are like, okay, tell me the story. What happened? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, me and my wife, we went out to Hawaii, very fortunate to go out there for our honeymoon. Uh, we chose to go to Maui. I had been there for a wedding the year before, uh, January of 2020, before Mm -hmm. The funny thing behind that, too, is I was there in January of 2020, and everybody's like, yeah, Corona, Corona. And I was like, yep, that's a beer. (laughs) Everybody drinks beer. I get that. Uh We're on the island. No, little did I know coronavirus was about to change Mm -hmm. our world forever. But I had the opportunity to go back in August and um, had all these things planned. Again, if you know anything about supply chain the way it is and about mm-hmm. trip planning, um, especially in this in this world, you have to be, you have to have reservations. You got to be months in advance. Right. So we had a whole itinerary planned, you know, our days of uh, doing casual things, but then the days we'd be busy doing other things. Mm-hmm. So um, we got there out on a Monday and on a Friday, we decided to, um, we had a snorkeling tour planned. Um, and my wife had never been snorkeling. It was really her first dip into the ocean mm-hmm. and, and that's no lie. She had never, she had seen the ocean and everything, but never been in. So I say, we set the bar kind of high going to, <laughs> going to Maui. Yeah. Um, and, and she loved that part of it being in the beach and everything. And, and I love that too. Water's warm. It's blue. It's clear. It's, I mean, you just got the best beautiful. islands around. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, but Friday morning we, we went, uh, met at this Harbor at like seven thirty in the morning and hopped on this triple-decker boat and headed out to a small crater of Molokini. So if any of you have been to Maui or you know about it, there's a small crater just south of Wailea, and um, you can snorkel out there, and it's supposed to be the most pristine snorkeling of all the islands. And so we got out there, and we were snorkeling a little bit, and the wind on our vacation was insane. It was so windy, Mm -hmm. like 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, which is common out in the middle Mm -hmm. of nowhere on some islands. It is going to be a little bit windy. But when I was there in January prior, uh, it was not windy like whatsoever. So it was new to me um, and something to get used to, but that meant the waves were rocking quite Mm -hmm. a bit. So we jumped in, we're snorkeling, you know, and here's the thing, we both get seasick. So on the way out, we were drama meaned up and everything mm-hmm. but we were still like a little white going out because you're on the boat for an hour yeah and there's a lot of people on the boat it's oh, not yeah. just you two yeah and mm-hmm. it's like could there have been more absolutely but mm-hmm. with covid there's a certain restriction right. so i'd say there was probably 75 to 100 people but realistically there should have been like 300 people mm-hmm. on this boat it's a big boat thank god there wasn't because i don't know how we would have been doing right. but um anyways nonetheless we get in the water and we're snorkeling and you know, I'm able to hold my breath, go down and then come back up and blow out the air and everything. And this photographer's in the water and she's having us do all these like poses underwater and stuff. And Lauren's just having a heck of a time trying to dive under Mm -hmm. and stuff. But, and realistically the fish there were, there wasn't like a large colony of fish and a bright different colors. Mm -hmm. So our moral of this was, it was uh, very underwhelming. It was a little disappointing because Mm -hmm. you can go to the beaches just off the road and snorkel and find Mm -hmm. some better um, sea life than we did Mm -hmm. out there. But anyway, so we, she had, we're getting water, you know, she's specifically getting water up her, um, 
snorkel thing and she mm-hmm. can't you know she's choking it up and mm-hmm. it's salty and it's this mm-hmm. and that and i'm like okay well we were in the water for like 30 40 minutes so we'll get out um and then they opened up a diving platform and a uh, a water slide off basically the one of the top decks there and so i went up there and i was first one you know i've been i've been flipping i've been doing jumps off um cliffs and everything down in the ozarks and all these places almost my whole life off of boats like whatever so i just did a little pencil dive in and then Ran up to Lauren, got back on the boat, ran up to her. I was like, hey, film this next one. And um, So I went up there. Well, there's a placard there that says, like, no diving, no flipping, no this, mm-hmm. no that. Well, the captain was sitting there, and I was like, hey, is it okay if I do a backflip? He's like, yeah, you're good. Do a backflip. Um, and, I, I mean, you think about it now, and it's like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, if you're a, the captain of a ship, follow your rules. Right. You know? um, but secondly, it's like, um, I'm an idiot. For that yeah. you got to recognize yes. how yes. high up in the air you are yeah but it was it was second nature to me because mm-hmm. it's like you're i've done this down in the ozarks off of 20 30 foot mm-hmm. cliffs and it's like yeah i backflipped off that now tell me what the difference between a cliff and a boat is well one boat in the ocean yeah one's rocking mm-hmm. and one is a cliff mm-hmm. it's rock it's not moving mm-hmm. um and so the the issue was is i went to jump and i grabbed the rails and i actually jump basically straight up and down and I hit the cleats on the side of the boat, um, which busted my face open. Um, and I say my face, but my, my right eyebrow completely just open. And I was right as I hit the water, basically unconscious. Um, now thank God there was people on the water too. Um, Saw it happen. Yep. Saw it happen. And the bloods were running. Sharks (laughs) were swimming. They were coming after me. These people got me out of the water. So I basically remember hitting it, realizing something's wrong. And then um, being back on the boat. And um, so, you know, the whole crew's there taking down information, names, blah, blah, blah. And Coast Guard had been called at that mm-hmm. point. So U.S. Coast Guard pulled up on their boat. And um, once once we got on there, we were swapping information with them so they knew who I was. Um, They're like, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And you were in shock. I was in shock. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking a... I, you were losing blood. Losing blood. Um. <laughs> Level one concussion is what I had. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they said in the hospital, like a trauma level one concussion. Mm-hmm. So it was about as bad as you can get. Mm-hmm. And when I was on that Coast Guard boat, I was like, I am not feeling good. And they're like, okay, we'll go get a bag. And like literally as they turn around, it it all came out. <laughs> I was like, nope, all over their medical supplies, like not good. And um, and they all laughed. They're like, well, that was a little bit quicker than we expected. Mm-hmm. But anyways, when that happened, they're like, okay, because the original plan was my wife was going to drive me to the hospital mm-hmm. to save on ambulance cost, which, by the way, I got that bill the other week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nonetheless, they uh, <coughs> took us to Kihei, which is north of Wailea, and we got off there, and there's all these tourists on the beach and everything, mm-hmm. and I got towels wrapped because around Because they head. changed their mind, and we're like, no, yep. that's we're I, not going to let, let that happen. I think for legal reasons once mm-hmm. that happened they're right. like yes we have to have you take an mm-hmm. ambulance because it was mm-hmm. kind of elevated at that point um and so i hopped on an ambulance we rode 16 miles to the wailuku hospital and um, i sat in there for about 12 hours mm-hmm. um, and during the, that time a lot of doctors and nurses were basically saying we're not sure if we can do the stitches due to how severe it is Um, and I'm looking at myself in a mirror and I am not a blood person. I can't do that. But looking at myself, it was like, okay, I I screwed up here, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Um, and the fun fact of this is COVID is still an issue, right? Right. Lots of people in that hospital Mm -hmm. for COVID. So my wife had to sit outside the entire time. She couldn't even be in the room next Mm -hmm. to me. 
Um, so she sat outside <laughs> basically the entire time, ended up going back to get the rental car and everything and went back to our condo for a little bit and then finally came back that night. But the doctors had determined I needed a plastic surgeon to fix up my face. So Dr. Ivy, bless his heart, man, came mm-hmm. from Kihei, drove up, got there at about eight o'clock and he sutured me from about 8.15 to 10.15. So about two- At night. At night. Mm-hmm. About two hours of sutures, which accumulated 130 total, three different layers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like paint chippings from the boat in my in my Oh eyebrow. my gosh. Um, my orbital bones, so basically from the um, most inner part of your eyebrow all the way to the outer edge, um, that was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, just unbelievable. And so- um, the statistics that I've been telling people and all the doctors, you know, they're big statistic people. They said if it was an inch lower, I would have mm-hmm. lost my eye. And if it was an inch higher, I probably would have died. Yeah. Which is crazy, crazy. It just teaches you to, you know, wake up and appreciate every day because you never know what's going to happen. And, yeah. you know, I didn't plan on that. I've been doing right. backflips for 15 years and it's like nothing's ever gone wrong. Mm-hmm. As we get older, we start to question things more. Yes. And we hesitate and assess the risk. I've learned that mm-hmm. um, let's probably not do that anymore. And I think my wife has learned real quick. Well, first of all, yes. everybody's like, God, you tested your vows really quick. <laughs> yes, yeah, we did. Sure did. <laughs> we did. And she's still with me for the record. So um, I got somebody good, but nonetheless, I uh, just wanted to share that story with you guys. Um, yes, it, it did impact my life incredibly, Mm -hmm. you know, we got back here to Iowa and, um, you know, my wife's thinking about work and she wakes up and she's stressed. She's thinking about work and everything. I come back, I talk to James, I talk to Sue and work this and work that blah, blah. blah. And like, I'm just sitting there like, my God, I'm alive, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's like, it's crazy. You know, they say that death like really grounds people. It makes you- is not so mundane yeah, after it, experience it, it like that. It makes you reset and it makes you just appreciate everything. And I know that sounds like a broken record because you hear that mm-hmm. all the time. But it's like, you know, it's it's interesting to look at people's perspective on life now because, mm-hmm. again, so many people wake up and they're just right. frustrated with what's going on mm-hmm. in their personal life or at work and everything. And it's like, for me, for the like two weeks, very emotional, mm-hmm. like realizing what it could have been. Mm-hmm. And the mess I would have left for like all these people. Yeah. And it's like you, it's bad to think that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, oh, do I have my beneficiaries set up? Do I have this <laughs> yeah. set up? You know, it's like, it's yeah. insane. So, um, yeah, very fortunate to mm-hmm. have the outcome I did. I think anybody looking at me, hard to even recognize right. that. Right. A lot of people are like, oh, you don't look bad. It's like, well, it's all under, it's all under the skin. So yep. you broke your eye socket. I did. I broke my eye socket. It was funny because there was a Facebook, you know, there's those little things like, how many of these list of 36 <laughs> things have you done? And it, like earlier in July, I put 27. Mm-hmm. Well, then I saw it again in <laughs> August and I said 28 because yes. it said, have you ever broken a bone? And I hadn't. And of course, the first bone I break is my eye <laughs> socket, which is kind of dope. So what's so... Of course, it takes time to heal this. You yeah. don't have any. You don't have any metal in your face. I don't know. Um, I, but what do you have to do for the next so many months to make sure that everything heals properly? Yeah. So again, this happened August sixth, um, and I basically have an eight to twelve week um, swelling recovery there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the timelines are three to four weeks. My bones um, in my eye socket. So again, I didn't have any plates put in. They weren't floating pieces. They were mm-hmm. just kind of like when you fracture your wrist or break your wrist. There, it just you put a cast on. Mm-hmm. It heals over time, so just like your ribs. It's the same in my eye. So for like three, basically a month, I had to be incredibly careful not to get hit by anything. And obviously the goal is to not get hit by anything the rest of my life. Um, 
which is inevitable um, as myself and my wife have bonked heads a few times mm-hmm. and that's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but three to four weeks, my bones healed. And now I'm still in that eight to 12 week um, recovery for swelling to reduce, mm-hmm. which again, I think is mostly there. Um, my plastic surgeon from Hawaii who stays in touch with me on a weekly basis, which is great, mm-hmm. said I could get a steroid injection for anti-inflammatory into my eyelid, um, eh. which would help reduce. But it, I, in my opinion, it looks pretty good looking yeah. at it. And um, so that's that timeline, which I'm almost done with that, about like four mm-hmm. more weeks and then and then I'm there. Um, and then the overall timeline, because I'm still numb in my head, mm-hmm. um, I hit my head so hard with the concussion that I ruptured my whole nervous system. Um, and so for the few weeks I was back right after the accident, I was feeling those like brain waves mm-hmm. pulsating through mm-hmm. trying to like reconnect and, and fix. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was very painful. And occasionally I've, I've told Sue this as well. I will just get random spots of pain yeah. throughout my head. And it's like, I didn't even hit my head there, but it's like mm-hmm. your brain bounced mm-hmm. and hit that part of your head. So you feel that pain later on, which is really weird. Um, but four to six months is my timeline for nerve right. recovery and for numbness to go away. So scratch my head in the shower with shampoo or you just mm-hmm. have, you know, the weirdest thing and it happens almost daily is how many, how many times do you just scratch your head? Cause you got an itch all the time. Yeah. All the time. But when you can't feel yourself feel it, itching, that's weird, but you still have the itch underneath, mm-hmm. man, is it weird? <laughs> it's really weird. So a lot of things have changed. Um, you know, I'm still myself. I'm mm-hmm. somebody who likes to just bounce back. And I had my yeah. appendix removed last year, and that was an emergency thing. And a week later, I'm mowing the lawn, <laughs> doing things. You know, it's like I just, that's kind of the way I was raised. The way I grew up is like you just bounce mm-hmm. back and you get going at things. And this one has definitely grounded me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't do the things that um, you used to do in the past. And yeah. I want to go play tennis. I can't do that. Yeah. I get hit in the face you gotta wait. by a ball, then... I'm back in the, back in the hospital. Right. So, so we're glad that Blaine is recovering and never lost a sassy self, of course. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So actually so, that's, that is the first thing that people said. Even I was FaceTiming them literally like hours after mm-hmm. it happened and they're like, well, you, you definitely didn't lose your personality. <laughs> so, well, that's the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the moral of the story is don't jump off of a story boat moral of the story is don't do a snorkeling tour okay not here no not come here on to, now you know i don't know just be smart you know yeah, if you're going to hawaii just be like be like the old person just be a bump on the log on the beach you know just sit there hang out enjoy the breeze enjoy the waves i don't know yeah anyways so figured you guys would have um some interest in that's he- the story and hearing about that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm done explaining it forever. So yes, if you see me in person, you can't just stare at me now. Cause I'm going to know, you know, <laughs> but you guys can always ask questions. I just, like Sue said, it's, it's challenging to always tell the mm-hmm. full story, like in that great detail. Um, the, the short story is I was in a boating accident. Mm-hmm. A shark bit me. <laughs> An octopus slapped me and in the sharks. face. Oh, I can't talk about the sharks. That's right. Yeah, you can't. I can't. Oh, nope. <laughs> darn. I almost said something. There's a shark fact <laughs> that you're going to find out real soon. Yep. But yep. you can't know yet. Yep. So anyways. Okay. Well, guys, I really hope you appreciated um, today's episode. We had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always great. Uh, we love having our special guests on. But yes. as you can tell, Sue and I just have a great time sitting down chatting mm-hmm. and can chat for hours if we need to. So um, 
again, really appreciate you guys tuning in today. Um, for any of the books that Sue talked about um, or those New York Times bestsellers, head to our website or the mm -hmm. MLN app. Um, our website's marionpubliclibrary.org. Place a hold on those. If you guys have questions about building updates, send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on our website. Send us an email, info at marionpubliclibrary.org. Um, and check our website for all the upcoming programming and events. And if you guys have any, any ideas or any questions you want to ask, um, send us a message, send us an email. Yeah. Maybe we can work that into trivia. If you've got something fun you want to mm -hmm. ask and we can challenge Sue even more. Yeah. Okay. Bring so, it. Good, good. <laughs> all righty. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining us for today. And, uh, we'll have you a, 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 a